to season two of the Dear Patriarchy podcast. I'm Jennifer. I'm Lisa. Welcome. And we're two sisters talking about work stuff. (laughs) Yeah, talking about how the corporate world affects women and then how those issues impact on our larger society as well. So we're hoping to start the hard conversations and give you statistics and facts to arm you and you enter the workplace to help keep your sanity, keep your wits about you and help you potentially thrive in the workspace that is not created for you. I like that. Where'd you read mm, that from? My brain parts. Oh dear. <laughs> Lisa so, has the plague. I have the plague. The non-COVID plague. Yeah. Although all plagues, people think you have COVID, especially if you have a cough. Mm-hmm. I don't. So everywhere I go, the people always shout, keep her away. She has the mark of the beast. <laughs> um, which is really uncomfortable on the train. Because I have to be like, I don't have COVID. Yeah, but how comfortable do you think it is on the train for the people around you? Not comfortable at all. It's not comfortable. So, do you sneeze and cough into your mask, or do you remove the mask and do the cough sneeze and then put the mask back on? No, I saved that bad boy for my mask. My mask is a filthy breeding ground of germs and bacterium. Okay. Yeah, it's it's really grim. It's grim to be me. So, we want to talk about... Anger and entitlement. Yes. Or I want Rage to Rage against that. the machine. You're... Because... And I think this is coming from a, a lovely little tweeter that I saw from a woman by the name of Laura Loomer. You can look it up yourself if you want. Where she talks about... Or check out our TikTok. Yeah, check out our... A tickety talk about it. God bless her. She's got the ever-loving audacity to say that... I like when people say caucasity. It is the caucasity of it all because that mm-hmm. is exactly what's going on here because she's saying that white people have will have no choice but to walk around in blackface. Like, that's even a mm-hmm. normal thing to say. But okay. Right. Uh, just to be treated like a regular person in Joe Biden's America where minorities are considered more valuable than white people. Mm. Oh my goodness, Laura. Something happened to you. So, we've talked about this. <laughs> Who hurt you, Laura? <laughs> Who hurt you, girl? Are you okay, hon? Um, we don't actually hold on. We don't care if you're okay. No, no, we don't. But what you're clearly say, not okay. But for Sorry. some pretty like systemic reasons, and the, and the thing that we've talked about this before in several of our later episodes of series one, but we have to just kind of put it on repeat that when you take away someone's white privilege, when you are doing the work to enable real equity to take place, the people that have always benefited from that privilege and deemed Mm -hmm. it to be just what they deserve, not a privilege, they feel very disenfranchised when any part of that privilege is taken away, right? Mm -hmm. So we get things like people who say that the white man is under attack. You get, well, you get the caucasity of the Karen who um, weaponize their own race as well as their sex in order to continue the systemic inequity that's been inflicted on black people, people of color, and other ethnicities that have been marginalized within our society under the boot of racism and the boot of the patriarchy, right? So we're getting a lot of that coming up right now. And I think some of that, Jenny, you'd be able to speak on this more clearly than I can, because there is a a bit of a turning of the tide from a political point of view in America. Mm. So we're seeing more of these audacious, caucasious things happening. Um, Yeah, well, there's that quote that says when you're accustomed to privilege equality, 
inequality feels like oppression. Of course it does. And I think we're seeing that kind of flesh itself out. Although I would have to say that I feel like this is all being fueled by just the right wing and like the Fox News and all that kind of noise because it's not real. Just like your TikTok says there's a six-year-old boy in North Carolina who got who got arrested for picking a flower near a bus stop. There 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 is no equality in the United States. The marginalized groups are not triumphing in any way. In fact, all indicators are pointing to the fact that in 2022 there's going to be a massive red tide that and and the Republican Party is going to take power back. But they're trying to amp all of this rhetoric up and tell the white folks like hey you're in trouble they're coming for it they're coming for you and you know you are now you're now the scourge of society now now everyone is discriminating against you Mm -hmm. so it's not real so anyone listening that may be leaning that way like definitely not the podcast for you but they wouldn't be but maybe it is this is what is kind of being this is the propaganda that we're thro- that the right is throwing at their trumpadors. Yeah. So we, it's not real. Yep. We have not won anything. If anything, we need to fight harder for civil and humanitarian rights because shit is fucked. Um, we I might be a little bit off piece here, but I think I hadn't seen that tweet until you sent me your TikTok, and I I'm still kind of reeling from it. It's it's just it's horrific garbage. Yeah, we've had seven mass shootings in seven days. Only two have really gotten airplay, and the United States is in really bad shape. People are really angry. I mean, so's the UK. So mm-hmm. I want to I want to talk a little bit about male anger. A lot of people talk about this as being a really key issue. I. I just want to dive quickly into why male anger is such an issue because I feel like it's an easy thing to say and it's not that easy to see the links between why it can why it's so devastating to the lives of women and um to the lives of people who are um who've been marginalized within our society. So male anger is expressed in only certain ways, right? So men are taught and this is part of the patriarchy. So men, boys and men are taught that If you want to be a real man, you can only present certain parts of yourself this way, within this narrow uh, lexicon of what it means to be a man, right? So if you are not able as a boy, as a man, to exist within that very narrow definition of what a man is, you then get tied into the hierarchical system of power, which creates feelings of anger and helplessness in those boys and men who can never achieve that alpha status. There are some men and some boys that are able to exist within those narrow confines. That's a very, 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 very small number. And even they are having to pretend a lot of the time because they're not showing the sad side of themselves, the vulnerable side of themselves, the side of themselves that feel things deeply. We also militarize our children from a very young age. So boys' toys tend to be more violent. And so acts of violence are something that we train our boys and then eventually our men into being an a recognizable and accepted form of male anger. So when you tie white privilege into this, you get, especially when you have an economically disadvantaged white man who feels like they don't possess this privilege because their life is still hard, Mm -hmm. that anger that they have grows exponentially. And it's very easy to turn it against marginalized communities who are calling out this privilege. And then when you tie male privilege into this, men and boys 
were taught that they were gonna be king of the castle, right? So everything was gonna be their domain. They were gonna be the head of the family. They were gonna be the one leading the charge. But you've got women who have been disenfranchised by this idea and they don't want that. So you have men whose false idea of power has left them feeling completely out of touch, which they are, completely helpless. And the only way for some men to express what they're feeling is to act out, to be violent, and that reasserts power in themselves. And I think we're seeing with all of these shootings and the shootings, obviously there's a whole gun conversation we can have at another time, but we are doing these boys a disservice by forcing them to exist within really narrow parameters and not allowing them an outlet to feel all of the things that girls are able to feel that girls are right. encouraged to feel. Even when we for roll our eyes and go, oh yeah. my God, these girls, they're so emotional. Allow that yeah. for boys and you'll start to find boys having ways of, of releasing excess emotion instead of doubling down on it, burying it deep, and then all of a sudden it explodes when you tell them in the grocery store that their card got declined and they pull a gun out of their hip pocket and they start shooting everybody. Well, that's not a that's not a real thing that happened. I'm sure that's happened somewhere, but no, I don't. No, know. no, I know. No, no I, I, and so that's what we talk about when we talk about the toxic masculinity yes. and, and then they, all, we also can cite like the rise in male suicide can also be directly mm. correlated there as well. Absolutely. So that's so, the leading cause of death for men under the age of 45 suicide. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's not hard. To and see. that can be directly attributed to toxic masculinity to yes. the patriarchy. So that is what like when we're fighting against the patriarchy, when we're fighting against toxic masculinity, this is what we're talking about. While men benefit from the patriarchy, they also are severely impacted by it in a negative way. The patriarchy has set up paradigms that are not sustainable for anyone. And when you get men to a place where their only outlet that's acceptable is anger, I mean, that's a fucking powder keg. Absolutely. So I think, I think it needs to be said as well. I love what you just said, Jenny, but I think I want to add just one little thing, which is when women are fighting for the removal of the patriarchal system, when we're all fighting for the removal of white privilege, we're doing it with men in mind as well. Because the systemic institutional biases that are in place, while they may benefit you as a white man in the short term, long term, it's not benefiting you. You aren't connected truly to your community. You aren't connected to the people around you mm. um, and you aren't understanding their experience. So you're not living a life that is is as equal or as equitable as it needs to be. And those two things are very, very different, which actually it needs like its own episode to, to talk about the differences between equality and equity. But women are fighting for men when they say smash the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. It isn't just about women. We don't want, I don't want my son. You don't want your son. I don't want my partner. I don't want any man that I know and that I love to be for forced to only express themselves in a quarter or a sixteenth of the way that they should be able to emotionally. And right. I know too many people who are emotionally stunted. Too many men that are emotionally stunted. It, right. it can't it can't keep going like this. That's all. It's funny that men are only allowed to express themselves with anger. Super acceptable. When women are not allowed to be angry. No. When like women being angry is like a lack of self-control, scary, like it completely, like, an angry woman is completely like it's dismissed. Yes. Um, I used to have a boss who was a wonderful mentor for the most part, always believed in me. But when he, and he was like a C-level of the executives that like that C-level executive and he 
when he would get angry about someone did something he wasn't pleased with or whatever, he would like punch his desk and yell. Oh, I find that so scary. Real and I would scary. and I would get up and close his door and kind of smile and like, oh, oh nothing to see here. Like that was my little role that I played. He's just But like can shit. you Yeah. Can you fucking imagine if a woman did that shit and then expected her fucking assistant to like close the door and be like, oh, sorry, she's having a day. Women would be fucking dismissed for that shit. But here's the thing, and I saw someone say this. And it was scary. Of course it's so it is. scary. Of course it is. You know. Any anyway. I, I I need I don't know how many men listen to this. I think there's a small handful. God bless you and God love you for hanging in. <laughs> but I think men need to understand how absolutely terrifying it is to be a woman around a man losing his shit. It's mm. terrifying, especially if that woman has a history of violence in her past, whether yeah. that's physical violence, sexual violence, it doesn't matter. Yeah. If you have been hurt, if you have been in any way damaged by a man, and let's face it, oh, girl, that's everybody, then you will be really triggered in that, triggered in that, <laughs> triggered, you'll be really, tri- <laughs> really triggered in that situation because you don't know where that goes, right? Like mm-hmm. if I'm walking down the street and there's some man shouting on his phone, I will cross the street to get away because I don't know if yep. he's going to get Flash really out. angry and what, what could yep. he do next? And while that may that may sound melodramatic to a man that's listening to this, I need you to understand that that is not melodramatic. I I don't think I'm alone in that. A lot of no. women think what will happen next. Male anger terrifies me. Of um, course it does. There is this thing with women when we work in the corporate environment where there's a standard joke, right? One week out of every four, a woman is totally hard to deal with. Yeah, well, I've worked with men who four weeks out of four are totally hard to deal with and slam mm-hmm. their hands on the desk and scream mm-hmm. when they lose something and call people like every name under the sun when they don't do something mm-hmm. right. And everyone's walking around. And write around terrible emails. And write yeah. terrible mm-hmm. emails. Four weeks yeah. out of four weeks and nobody's saying you're a bad manager. They're saying, well, he's a little bit of a rogue. He's a little bit of a cowboy. And he just kind of does what he does, what he does, but he gets good results. There is a guy at my work who literally has his entire team terrified of what he will do next. He's bringing business into the company. So everyone just has to deal with it. And whenever I see his team members talking to him on the phone, on a zoom call, I know when he's, I know when they're talking to him because their voices get very cautious their voices get very, the way that they speak gets very like, oh, I mm, I just didn't know if maybe, uh, 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 you know, like all of that, where your shoulders are hunched, you're protecting yourself, you're trying to make it palatable. It is 100% abuse. And they, it's bullshit. they would never call it that. They would just say that he was hard to work with. Mm-hmm. And that's a But he's given a pass stereotype. because he's, yeah. yeah. That's a protective stereotype that men get hard to yeah. work with. If a woman did that, she'd be called an abuser. She well, if a woman is hard fired. to work with, she yeah. yeah, she doesn't last long is what I was going to say. Yeah, a woman is hard to work with. No, I, I, well, I think that that's funny that we're talking about male anger when we've seen an influx of women's anger uh, surrounding the situation of Sarah Everard, not situation, the murder of Sarah Everard, the vigils that turned into... The vigil that turned into a absolute shit show with the Met Police. Right. And, and now, then the Brighton, and, yeah, and then we've Bristol, also seen, yeah. oh, sorry, Bristol. <coughs> yeah. And then we've seen on stateside, we've seen the righteous anger of the Asian community surrounding the six um, murder of six Asian women. Mm-hmm. And eight that was in, in total. Yeah. That was Atlanta. Atlanta. And then, and then the, the shooting 
Although we still don't really have a ton of information on what happened in Boulder. So can I just say what's interesting about the Boulder shooter? So he was, he is someone of what the news is calling Arab American descent, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means for him. But what is interesting is that now that information information is out, fine, okay. He was white passing. Mm-hmm. And for the first two days of getting information on the Boulder, Colorado shooting, they just said a man. And what is so telling, and when you go back and read these articles about shootings that took place, shootings that were perpetrated by white men, the media doesn't feel the need to insert a descriptor. It's yeah. just a man. And then we go, oh, right, so it's a white man. Because yeah. if any crime is perpetrated by an Arab American, by Asian American, anything with that hyphenated American, right? Which is a whole nother thing about how you can't just be American. You have to be a hyphenated American if you're not white or white passing, right? That's right. A- another conversation entirely. But it, it's just very telling. You can always see that a white man has done something or a white well, person has done something when the there is no need or there is doesn't feel like there's a need from the media to explicitly say that they are white. Well, they don't double down on the character assassination, that's for sure. No, having you a know, hard day, You know, we get the right? having a hard day. He was a quiet kid in school, kind of nerdy. Oh, my God. It's like he a blah, Jeffrey Dahmer thing. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, and who is that other one? Ted Bundy. Right. Such a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Such a you good never neighbor. Or, like, maybe yeah. you did know, but, like, he's white, so whatever. Well, I just think it's interesting that with the Atlanta murders, like, they're... I just feel like what they're saying about these Asian women is like such character assassination. Like there, there's the insinuation that they're sex workers, whether they are or not, doesn't matter. Like their lives were taken from them by this man who felt entitled to take their lives. And I feel like the media is almost saying, you know what? They were expendable. Like they were disposable. Go ahead. Yep. And like somehow that, and we've talked about, you've talked about this specifically before Jenny, because this is something that you very much, raise your voice on about sex work is work. Yeah. And you cannot discriminate against women. Sex work is work that benefits men. Yeah. It is an industry because of men. Yeah. And it it is the lowest of the low that a woman can do. Are you fucking kidding me? Well, but it ties, and we've said this before, but it ties into that idea of uh, purity as well. So purity culture and how the touch of a man is defiling to a woman. And all such that garbage. happens, that all that happens is that defiling is placed on the woman, but not on the man. Right. <laughs> you Single can't mothers. have it both ways. Yeah. You know? Women you getting abortions. Yeah. yeah. All the things. All yeah. the things. Once a woman has been touched, she is. You she's, know, she's she, garbage. It's open season on a woman once mm-hmm. she engages in sexual activity. Which is why these protesters are allowed to be outside of Planned Parenthoods because these women deserve this. Because they're whores. And also because women are not deemed to be intelligent enough or mature enough to make these decisions truly unless they are acting with a partner, with a male partner. And yet we also get that dichotomy of a situation where you say a girl that's 13 or 14 is too young to get an abortion without her parents' approval or consent, but she is old enough to be a mother. Right. You can't have it both ways. We've gone a bit off piece on this one. Surprise. Yeah. About anger and violence. I think the anger and violence, we've talked, we've, we've touched on those points anyway. And definitely in the current atmosphere of what's happening, 
um, in the UK and in the US and globally, really, because these issues of male anger and violence towards women and violence towards communities which are marginalized within right. society, those things are happening prolifically. They oh, don't and stop don't... just because the news isn't covering it. Well, yeah, the good thing is that social media is covering it. And I think that honestly, I, you know, the United States is in real bad shape. And I think that this is just the tip of the iceberg. I think are, think things are going to get a lot worse here before they get any better because there's so much economic disparity because of what happened with the pandemic. The pandemic's not over. Yeah. But the United States, we're acting like it is. States are opening up. People yeah. are getting vaccinated. Yeah. But I know that for a lot of people, if you're listening and you're trying to get vaccinated and you can't, every state is different and it's it's real hard. I will post in our link tree a vaccine finder. Okay, great. Link that great. we have found helpful. And so maybe if you're a stateside, that can can help. Uh, Lisa, I don't know if there are resources that you'd want to post. Um, um, yeah, we've, we've got the NHS or, well, there's, it depends very much on where you are in the country and also what um, GP surgery you belong to. So it's, it's kind of a bit of a, of a random slog. thing at the moment. Yeah. yeah. So, but let's, we'll post whatever resources we can find to help. I do want to say we, we've got some feedback on our last episode and I just want to make yes. sure that everyone knows we are not anti-vax. No. We believe in vaccinations and that's the, the long and short of it. That is, that's the I, long I and short of it. So I guess, I guess if you're facing male anger in your workplace, don't be afraid to call it out. I think if you see the signs of, of male anger, if you see the signs of things that make you uncomfortable, things that potentially trigger you, don't feel like you can't report that. It's very important. Protect yourself in every way that you can in the sense that if you feel uncomfortable in the situation, leave. I've had so many experiences. Just to say, I've had so many experiences where someone has told me, I'm overreacting or it's it's absolutely fine. Don't be melodramatic about it. And, And I'm a really big proponent of if you feel like anything slightly off, you just need to call it definitely. Yeah. Because your body is trying voice. to tell you something. Especially yeah. if you come and you have trauma uh, in your background, you really need to pay attention to those things that kick up for you. Mm. Don't don't ignore them. Don't ignore the yeah. way you're feeling and don't allow anyone to negate Silence your feelings. You. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't be silenced. Also, like as we're raising our kids or cousins, friends, whatever, yeah. don't yeah. don't allow microaggressions to happen in front of you without saying something. I know my brother-in-law recently, we were doing a Zoom call and one of my kids was crying because they hurt themselves. And he tried to tell my child not to cry because we don't cry because we're strong. And I sat my child down after that phone call and said, you cry when you need to. There's nothing wrong with crying. Mommy, I cry in front of my kids because I want to normalize that. I want to normalize that for my daughters. I want to normalize that for my sons. I want to normalize a healthy range of emotions and sometimes a not so healthy range of emotions. I want to normalize that range of emotion for my children because I don't want them to grow up to be stunted in any way emotionally because I vilified some sort of feeling. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that that's really important, especially when we come across kids or young adults or, or folks that, that are feeling a certain way but are not able to express that simply because they've been told that it's not okay. So. Okay. I love that. Just food for thought. I yeah. love that. Really, really good. Okay. So we're back on track. Yeah. Season two, series two, episode one. We have a lot coming up this next season. We're excited about it. Yeah. Uh, 
so many, we've gotten so many wonderful messages. We will delve into those emails that we've gotten and share them with you as we get kind of further <coughs> along in the season and they are appropriate. But I just want to encourage you, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and keep sending us emails. Uh, love to hear from you. Patriarchypod at gmail.com. Yep. Uh, we love getting, we love getting emails. We are kind of slower to respond because we kind of Everyone's plate's pretty full right now, but um, we will respond and we and are so, so, so thankful for your ongoing support. Share the podcast with your friends. Yes, please share. Family that members, helps so anyone much. you think. Yes. Yeah, and share our share our posts. We we try to highlight activists and other um, while our activism is is kind of focused mainly on on women and patriarchal activism yep. against the patriarchy but and, uh, women's act yeah. <laughs> women's rights activism we also try to highlight other folks in kind of civil rights activism and on anything like that so follow us on i think instagram's probably our most active yes but we're gonna do better so anyway <laughs> thank you so much for listening we appreciate you all absolutely and it's good to be back and we're looking forward to episode two so love light and good night good night <laughs>